0: You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe and Taryn, the Flyers' Western Canada road trip is humming along. The team swept its back-to-back set against the Oilers and Canucks. They are 4-1-1. That is the best start in the Elaine Vigneault era. So far, so good for the Flyers, but there are concerns as well. Ryan Ellis has missed three straight games with an injury. Um, and I think everyone knows the team can commit fewer penalties and uh, stay out of the penalty box. But let's get into the good and the bad. Taryn, I will start with you. What have you thought so far about this road trip?
1: Okay, the, the big good, the big, big good, the most important good to me, goaltending. I was very concerned about Carter and Edmonton. I was less concerned about Martin Jones and Vancouver because I don't, like I, it's flyers after dark, the hangover for me today. Like I'm really readjusting to my sleep schedule. I don't remember his exact numbers. I know he's been very good at Vancouver, but we saw Carter. We talked about Carter struggling in Edmonton. His last game in Edmonton, quite frankly, was hard to watch and to see him go in there and do what he did. I mean, there, there were parts of the game where the, the game really could have gotten away from the flyers. If Carter didn't come up with a few big shot stops, excuse me. Um, and he did And that is why the flyers were able to stay in that game. I mean, I know that you look at the score sheet and it says five, three, but one was an empty netter. It was a much closer game than that. And there were a lot of parts of the game where you thought this could get out of hand with how much speed and how much skill the Oilers were just like, it felt like a full court press in basketball all game long, just speed coming at you skill coming at you. They were just going to try to suffocate you in your own zone all game long with their speed. Um, And Carter, I mean, Carter took it. And honestly, it was really, really reassuring to see, especially because I think everyone wanted to, maybe it's just us because we analyze like every single part of every single game. I I still think there's certain people who look at that second period of that uh, season opener Vancouver game and they go, there's still shades of those struggles from last year. The further we've gotten from it in this short sample size, the more you go, Maybe that was just a fluke. Maybe it wasn't. Um, and playing the, that way against Edmonton, a team that loves to, you know, put up like football score type numbers, um, is certainly a great start. And then the Flyers need Martin Jones to win them games, and he's two and zero so far. So you you can't really beat that. And then the other bright spot, um, I want to go either the obvious one is Cam Atkinson, but I'm not going to steal that. I'll let somebody else talk about that. The other one is. Prior to last night, Justin Braun having a point-per-game streak, like not a point-per-game streak, excuse me, being a point-per-play game. Guys, I can't speak. A point-per-game player. Here we go. Was really fun. <laughs> it's yeah. like a really fun aside in all of this. Because um, he looked really good with Ivan Provroff against Edmonton, too. He, he looked really good. And you have to give him credit because – I think I have a ton of respect for Justin Braun and, and what he brings and his experience and everything, but you look at Justin Braun's strengths and weaknesses and you wonder how they're going to match up with Dreisaitl and McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers speed. And you go, Ooh, this could be a long night for Brauner." Um, and he played phenomenally. So uh, that was really, that was fun. So that's where I'm at. I'll take all of those for what it's worth.
0: Oilers Flyers, where you're expecting a lot of offense from a lot of offensive guys. And here's Justin Braun, two assists. He's a plus four. Uh, he's getting into the action, like good for him. And he's been really good in replace of uh, Justin El- or Ryan Ellis. Ryan yep. We're all struggling.
1: We're or all, we are all wiping the sleepies out of our eyes. We are.
0: <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Not Justin Ellis, Ryan Ellis. Uh, so we will get more into Ryan You almost Ellis. said
1: Ryan Braun, didn't you?
0: I think I did.
2: <laughs> the former baseball player.
0: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that, it, that, may been, that may have been why. Uh, but kudos to Justin Braun. He has been really good. I think he's a really good def. I, I like Justin Braun. He kills plays. Uh, he's a true, like, um, genuine defenseman. I, I, I appreciate that kind of player. And I think so far he's been very reliable for them. Joe Forrest, what has stuck out to you on this road trip and this 4-1-1 one, one, one start? Uh, I'll
2: just follow up on a couple things Taryn said. The thing with Justin Braun in that Edmonton game, and I said this to Taryn last night when we were working on um, the Vancouver game. I thought Justin Braun was at worst the third best player on the Flyers in that game against Edmonton, um, and it ne- wasn't really about the assist. It was a, it was about being able to hold up against the 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 lethal attack of Edmonton. I mean, he nothing there was nothing in that game where you go, okay, he's totally overmatched. And I mean, quite frankly, entering the game, you would expect, you would see some of that and that didn't happen. And then of course he has the two assists to go along with it. So that's just like the cherry on top. Um, the goaltending uh, last night, I felt like we were all looking at each other. Like, how does he keep making these saves? Cause I, it, it wasn't like Vancouver didn't have, decent chances i know he didn't have you know it wasn't like a huge workload in in terms of terms of number of saves but the quality of saves he had to make you know they they were big time saves it wasn't like guys were just shooting it into the logo the whole game yeah so i'll say that but um i'll go ahead and take the cam atkinson uh angle because um while he didn't have a goal last night, I felt like we were all like, what's up with him? Why didn't he have a point last night? Um, I, I put on Twitter the other night during the Edmonton game, when was the last time the Flyers had a pure goal scorer like Cam Atkinson? Yeah. And a couple people responded to me, Jeff Carter in 2009. And I think that's the answer. Um, because I don't think since Jeff Carter, really in the um, early years of his career, I don't think the Flyers have had a pure sniper like like Cam. I mean, you just see he does the things that goal scorers do. And, um, you know, it's it's really – it's great to see. And it's also, I think, more than the Flyers could have expected in terms of a start to a player's tenure. Um, You know, you couldn't ask for more than this so far um, with Cam and, you know, I, I, I think you also see, and, and I don't know that I can pinpoint it, but you can see chemistry building with these guys, every game. Um, and the example I'll give is Ryan Ellis is out the last two games, but I, I don't feel like you were kind of, wow, they're really missing Ellis in these games. Not to say Ellis isn't a great player, but I feel like it's the, you know, the cliche is next man up, but I don't feel like it's been a cliche in these last two games with this team because guys have just stepped in and it's sort of been a seamless transition. I mean, I know that's not going to continue forever. And hopefully Ellis is back for Calgary or when the Flyers return home next week. But, um, I feel like with each game and sort of the more adversity this team faces, um, the more chemistry and the more of a bond grows with this group of players. And I don't think that can be understated. And I feel like this happening combined with this being their first road trip, um, Calgary will obviously be a tough test. They had already lost the game to Vancouver and then beat them. And Edmonton, obviously, they handed them their first loss of the season. These are momentum chemistry building type of wins that are happening at an early point in the season when a team's not at full strength. And I think all that together, you have to be encouraged with what you're seeing.
1: I think Joe, to that point too, about both the chemistry and and Cam Atkinson, it does when I think about how Kevin Hayes plays and and Derek Rossard has gone above and beyond to start this season. So this is absolutely no disrespect to, to Derek Rossard when I think about the way Kevin Hayes protects the puck and he'll end up drawing like two, three, sometimes four people and then kind of dish it out. And and I don't know if anyone picked up on how much Cam was throwing at the net last night, but you could tell Cam's like, screw it. Like, I'm on a hot streak. Let's just throw a ton of pucks at the net. You think about how hard Joel works shift in, shift out, the type of game Kevin plays and Cam's just willingness to throw pucks at the net. And when that line is back together, fully healthy chemistry developed I'm incredibly excited for what that line is going to do as well. In addition to, I know we're talking about Ryan Ellis cause his return is inevitably, I mean, not what, going to be sooner than, than Kevin Hayes. But the more I see if Cam gets a little window, he's like, screw it. Let's take a shot. And Kevin, Kevin Hayes game draws people and it makes those windows bigger and um, And I can't, I can't wait to watch it, Jordan. I can't wait to see
2: it. The other thing I'll say about Cam is you notice every time a a puck gets shot when his line's on the ice and he is not the shooter, um, you always notice if the goalie, you know, if the goalie freezes the puck, you always notice him buzzing by the goalie or he's standing there waiting. He's always there. And Jordan, he told us that on the podcast in the summer Taryn, you know, he talked to you about this during media day, despite his stature, the blue paint is where the bread and butter of his game is. And if you look at how he's always there, it's gotta be incredibly maddening for a goal and opposing goaltender to constantly have this guy just buzzing around. And even if you stop the game, you know, if you, if you mess up this much, he's right there on top of you to, uh, you know, to pick up a rebound or to cause havoc in front. And, you know, again, just a, a, a nose for the net. Um, and like I said, a pure goal scorer. And, you know, that Jeff Carter, it wasn't a comparison because obviously Jeff Carter is a large human being and Cam Atkinson is not. So, um, but just in terms of that ability to just pile up goals and, and be that pure goal scorer, I can't think of anybody since Jeff Carter in 2009 um, that's had that sort of uh, goal scoring ability. Yeah.
0: Flyer's Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs.
3: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action.
1: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: The Flyers coming off a 5-3 win over the Oilers, a 2-1 win over the Canucks. They finish this Western Canada road trip on Saturday against the Flames at 10 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus, Joe and Taryn will have Flyers pregame live and postgame live for you. So they will try to punctuate this road trip, and so far, it's it's been a really good one. I'm glad Taryn brought up Kevin Hayes. It really struck me last night. Not only are they doing this without Ryan Ellis, they're doing it without Kevin Hayes too. That's a top pair defenseman and a second line center, uh, and that's what makes the Flyers start really truly impressive in my mind. And I think it speaks volumes about the experience they've added. The Cam Atkinsons, the Derek Broussards, even the Martin Joneses. Um, those guys have really come in and made this look like a different team, a new team. But let's look on defense. No Ryan Ellis is a big hole. Ryan Ellis is not a big guy, but he does everything on the ice. So we've seen some different D pairs, some different chemistry building. Taryn, does anything concern you on the back end there? Uh, with the defensive pairs. I feel like Nick Sealer gives them very good depth uh, in a pinch, but I feel like without Ryan Ellis, it does seem seem like things are a little off.
1: You know, Jordan, you get to ask a lot of questions on this podcast, but we rarely get to hear your thoughts on the situation. So I expressed my concerns on a television show that I host a time or two. I'm going to throw this one back at you and make you the bad guy today. What are your biggest concerns specifically as it pertains to the D pairs, Jordan? <laughs>
0: Taryn, well played. Well played,
1: Deflection my friend. on a Friday.
0: <laughs> I will say, my concerns, I don't love the defensive pairs right now. I think Travis Sandheim's been okay. I think a lot of people are are a little concerned about him and feel like, hey, where has this guy been? Where's the guy that we're expecting and wanting? I thought he was pretty good in the Edmonton game. I thought he was fine against the Canucks. Again, I, I thought before the season, I didn't think he was going to have a real loud, big, stride-taking season. I, I feel like he'll just be solid this year, and that's fine. He's going to kill penalties for the most part, play at even strength. Um, but I feel like he's playing big minutes, and he's getting used to a new defensive pair with Rasmus And so, But, you know, I would like to see Rasmus Tristelainen take less penalties. He's taken three in the four games he's played. Um, I want him out of the box. And Travis Sandheim, I just think, needs to be tougher uh, in the defensive zone, tougher at killing plays when it gets down there. Um, I want to see more of a defensive-minded Travis Sandheim. I know he can skate. I know he can play offensively, but I want to see him play defensively. Uh, But I will say, without Ryan Ellis, they need to get him back, and his injury does concern me a little bit. He's had a little bit of an injury history. If you look back at his games played and you go over the years, uh, he has missed stretches of time because of injuries. He's a smaller guy. He plays the game the right way. He blocks shots. He does all that stuff. Uh, They need him healthy because I think he's the guy that really drives everything I, I love Justin Braun. I think he's a great guy, good player, but I don't know how long this will, this will stick with Ivan Provov. So if Ryan Ellis is in and out of the lineup, I have concerns, um, especially with them committing the number of penalties that they
1: are. Shout out to Nick Sealer, though, because, I mean, talk about, I really did not expect to see him this much early in the season. No. And the the nice, th- I, I mean this in the nicest way. The nice thing about Nick Sealer is you don't, don't really notice him which is good for a defenseman especially a defenseman you're not asking to do lots of offensive things right he's paired with Keith Yandel you're going to notice Keith Yandel makes insane stretch passes creates all kind of offense from the neutral zone all the time like it is really really fun to see how Keith Yandel sees the game from where he's positioned on the ice I've really enjoyed it thus far this season that being said you are going to see Yandel get exposed sometimes and you need his defensive partner to just be a guy who doesn't get exposed sometimes because you can only handle so much, you know, he kind of flyers meet that quota already right now. And for Nick sealer to just go out there and basically be what they need him to be. Do you guys hear these cars right now? Do they not know it's Friday and that we were all working really late last night. That's incredibly rude. Um, but that's, that's where you need Nick sealer to be. And I'll take that all day. Cause essentially that's what you want Justin Braun to be on that pair as well. You want him to be the bailout guy. He doesn't have to make massive plays. He just has to make the right plays, And I think you're getting that from sealer right now, which is great. Um, to your point, if Justin Braun can sustain an entire season playing the way he played the past two days, great. I mean, wonderful. I just, I, I, don't think he's ever done that in his career at this clip just because he was five points in five games and and you know I think we've all known he can play solid but he was playing above expectations here um and then yeah to your point that second pairing still seems like there's some stuff to figure out like to your point Jordan I don't think anybody even really needs to see Sandheim have these big growing years, take these big leaps. I think people just need to see Sandheim kind of do what he did really well when he played well. Mm -hmm. And. It's just, sometimes you see it. Sometimes you don't, sometimes within a shift you see it. And then later in the shift, you don't like, and I wonder if it's the new, the new D pairing. And I think, wrist align and plays a lot different than Phil Myers did. There's their speeds are a little different. Their types of games are different. Um, so maybe he's adjusting to not having, you know, a big hulking body that skates as well as he does. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to ask Travis Sanheim. but um, I don't even think he needs to take a step forward. I think he just has to settle back in kind of, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then we, we're all good, you know? Yeah.
0: And I think what a hundred percent, and I think what, the importance of Ryan Ellis does is it really allows people to play in their positions. It slots people properly. It allows Travis Sandheim to play the minutes he should be playing. It allows Rasmus Ristolainen to not have to play on the power play and do um, too much. Uh, that's how that's the impact Ryan Ellis has. I think, I think right now,
1: guys I think are the are power play is good for Risco, though. I, I don't think it's necessarily good for the Flyers power play, but I think for him as an individual player, sorry to cut you off Jordan. I do. I do think that, because he ran the power play a bit out in Buffalo and I think he enjoyed those minutes. I, I, I think it's something that kind of, it's like, all right, let's get some pride, get some confidence, get going kind of a thing because it's pretty clear. I I do think that injury right before the start of the season, yeah, it was only two games, right. That he missed, but I think maybe, I don't know this. I just think maybe there's a little bit more of something there where he's still, settling back in a little bit um I, and i i think being on the power play being on the pk being involved as much as possible it's probably good for wristlin line as an individual the question is is it good for the flyers as a team yeah but i think this Alignment.
0: Yeah, I think he views himself as an all-situation defenseman. I think the Flyers view him right now as not. And they believe... (laughs) (laughs) They believe with Ryan Ellis and Ivan Program... They they... don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they feel like... I think that was the whole point of acquiring him was, hey, we can put him in a better environment to be successful, not be a top pair all-situation guy as a teenager in Buffalo. So... That's where I think the Flyers need to get back to, and it all revolves around Ryan Ellis being healthy because I like the start. I really do for the Flyers, 4-1-1. Can't complain about it. They go into Edmonton and win a game against an unbeaten team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, but I do feel if you don't have Ryan Ellis for a stretch of time, uh, I think the goals could end up piling up uh, in the back of your net if if you don't get healthy and right on the back end. Joe, how about you? Any concerns for you uh, throughout this start?
2: I I'm going to echo what kind of what both of you alluded to is the, the Sandheim factor. Um, we talked yeah. about him a lot before the season, Um, this was a big year for him that he needed to kind of shed the young player label and just establish himself as the second pair defenseman um, that we've all seen him play like, um, and at times, you know, the ability to play like a first pair defenseman um, and, I'll say this about he and Ristolainen. I feel like every second or third shift, you see those two guys play at their peak capability. But I feel like sometimes the shift or two in between, um, you're not seeing that. And you're seeing, you mentioned the penalties for Ristolainen. Um, I I know he's a physical player and, and physicality is a big part of his game. I think that I think he needs to rein that in a little bit because um, when you play that way on a team like Buffalo, okay. I mean, that's a team where you want to see somebody showing fight and, and, and sort of anger and things like that. Um, I'll just point out late in the game against Edmonton the other night, he didn't get called for a penalty, but there was a play where Carter Hart stopped the puck and everything stopped and he kind of threw an elbow into the back of one of the Edmonton players heads. And I'm on the replay. I'm like, that could have been called a penalty. And this is the flyers clinging to a lead in the third period. These are the kind of things that really a, a team that expects to win. Like that's a, I, I mean, I'm not comparing the players, but, the kind of penalties that Nico Bay Kubel took last season—that um, was reminded me of something like that. Again, it didn't get called, but it could have been called. Yeah. And we see—we have seen Ristolainen in, in a, a few games this year take penalties early in games. Those are penalties that can kill the momentum of the start of a game. Um, so that stuff needs to be cleaned up. And again, with Sandheim, you just. You, you just look for more consistency in his play. Um, and it's, it's, it's time for him to establish consistency in his game. And, um, you know, maybe when Ellis comes back and their pair is solidified and got, like you mentioned, guys are playing in their roles, in their slots, in the lineup, maybe that happens. Um, but I definitely think we need to see more, from those two players
0: flyers talk is brought to you by great railing. Stop into great railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking and fencing needs. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say the second defensive pair will probably be the most polarizing one among media and fans. Uh, cause Keith, the yeah, end I mean,
2: Yeah. Right. Like Yandel, Yandel's Yandall's going to make plays in his own zone where you're going to go. Oh my goodness. You yeah. knew that though. That's the, I mean, you know, if you, if you give a, a four-year-old an ice cream cone and they get it all over them, you're not going to be surprised. You know that four-year-olds are going to do that. Yeah. And I think it's the same kind of thing with, uh, with Keith Yandel. You know what you're going to get in your own zone. You also know what you're going to get in the offensive zone, and that is some things that we haven't seen from any defenseman on this team in quite a long time. I mean, the vision. The, the stretch yeah. passes that Taryn mentioned earlier.
1: He's got the same pitfalls as Goss despair, but a better conversion rate offensively is what it feels like. Like you, you
2: And a better seems, contract.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for truly team like. But it feels like we've gotten here in Philly. There's a certain amount of like, we've gotten used to, all right, this is going to be our offensive blue liner and you know, he's going to do some things and you're not going to like it. But as long as he makes up for it on the other end, we end up at neutral or better. And Yandel gets you almost always so far this season, gets you back to neutral, if not better. So you take it. You're like, you know what? Carter might have to come up with a big stop there. Crowd goes wild. Everybody's electrified. He goes down the other end of the ice, makes some crazy stretch past the flyer, score a goal. And you take Keith Yandel making the defensive mistake for everything that happened afterwards. You're going to need Carter Hart to make those big saves. You're going to need Justin Braun to bail him out. But they have the pieces to do that. To your point, Joe, that, that second pairing, you're still trying to figure out What's the risk? What's the reward? Like there's times with, with Risto. I know last year, the big thing was, and actually Shane Gosper the guy who said it publicly. is like, we are way too easy to play against. People think we're soft. And with Risto, there are these massive hits that he lands in these games that sometimes also take him out of the defensive play. And you go, all right, do you want to establish that physicality that you're not going to come down here and, and push us around in front of our net? Yeah, you probably do. But like you said, Joe, sometimes there's like a little bit of reeling it in where maybe it has to be a little bit more refined here than it was in Buffalo because Buffalo, it was like, whatever you can do on any area of the ice, please go do it. We will take it off. And, and that's not, that's not this flyers team, this flyers team. I mean, Av's system is structured and it has some high risk, high reward aspects to it. But if you putz around with it, like. You end up with more risk than you do reward. And I think the physicality is a huge addition, a massive addition for the Flyers. But there were, like, there are a few plays in the Edmonton game where you're going, that's a massive hit, and uh, I'm sure the Edmonton players want to get as far away from Razzis or Salinas and, and probably Travis Sandheim as possible now. But if, if it's one of those guys who's like a Martian type who can, like, sneak out of those hits, who can duck their way out of them, you're now so far out of that play defensively and you got to hope everybody's there to bail you out. So yeah, I, I get, yeah, the pol- polarizing is probably a pretty accurate
3: word there.
0: Yeah. There's going to be ups and downs. There's probably a reason why Rasmus Stalin was as polarizing as he was in Buffalo. It wasn't all the sabers. It was probably cause he, he has tendencies to go up and go down in terms of his play. Um, so consistency I think is all people are looking for out of that second defensive pair. They don't have to be world beaters as long as they're just consistent and um, doing the right things. I think fans will be okay.
1: Do you guys want a little a little peek behind the curtain of like what I thought of for when when there's like a play that we're going to use in an intermission live or post game live for Risto? This yeah. came this came to me. This came to me last night while we were doing the show. Well, Raz of bataz Hey, no, Joe doesn't love it. Okay. Has Jordan, taken a, has
2: Jordan taken over your brain?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott and I were trying to think of like plays on words for the goals and stuff. Because after the second period, there's not like, let's be honest. The first period was the hockey game. And the second period, you were like, all right, Martin Jones. And then the third period, it's like, dear God, hold on for survival. So that second intermission live, this is like, you know, again, this is the behind the curtains for those of you who are interested in the broadcast um Scott and I are just like what do you want to talk about <laughs> and we're trying yeah. to think of like puns and stuff to make it funny and interesting because we're also losing our minds because it's like 12 o'clock at night and we're both dead tired and
2: uh I and think we need to go like, behind the I think we need to go behind the curtain and have Scott use some of his like inside player terms like when he calls the amongst us in the newsroom calls uh the power play the peepers Love that. Let's have him do that on me.
1: The- <laughs> I, I sometimes he'll do it on air, but he'll only, he'll only like, if I go, can you please say that on air? He'll go, yeah. And then he'll go on air and he'll like really polish it up. And I'm like, no, Scott, we don't, we want the raw unfiltered. Don't want it polished. And then when I'm not expecting it, he'll drop like, you know, something about, you know, Yaddle's got half a dozen apples on the season or something like that on air. And I'm just like, Scott, yeah. what are you talking about? Why can't you just. <laughs> Just work with me here, but yeah, no. So I think I have mosquito bite on my neck now too, guys. I got mosquito bites in almost November. How does this happen? I don't know. Sorry, you're hanging in there. You're you're doing okay, right? I'm delusional and sleepy. I got trucks honking outside. That was I don't even know up. what we were talking about before this. To be totally transparent. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Well, that's what Flyers After
0: Dark will do to you. That's what 10 p.m. buck drops will do to you. Uh, It's not affecting the Flyers right now because obviously they're in a different time zone and not dealing with it as bad as we are, I guess. Um, But they are playing well. They are 4-1-1, and and they will be wrapping up this road trip on Saturday night on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. trying
1: to keep my eyes open. (laughs) Karen is – I'm literally (laughs) like – physically opening my eyes because they're so swollen from being so sleepy. Taryn <laughs> a, I'm so sorry.
0: And don't give Taryn any ice cream. I have a feeling she
1: will probably... Are you sp- calling me a four-year-old? No. <laughs> is that like a reference to Joe's analogy? It was. it was. I was joking, though. I can I can eat ice cream like an adult. I'm a fully functioning adult with fine motor skills, Jordan. Don't. How about don't give Jordan a podcast because he's mean to his co host
2: I was not referring to anyone on this podcast when I made that analogy. I was referring to uh, my own children. Yeah. <laughs> my, and was, actually my, and my older daughter- And for clarification,
1: I am not one of Joe's children.
2: <laughs> my older daughter's eight years old and has ice cream all over herself anytime she <laughs> has it, So. Hey, we've all been How there. How good
1: always. would it be if I just spilled iced coffee all over myself as as you said that? That would have been karma. Oh gosh, guys, we're losing it. Well, we have uh,
2: just a little plug for for Saturday. We have part sure. two of Taryn's sit down interview with Rasmus Mr. Line, and and um, he he tells Taryn what his favorite part of Philadelphia is um, since he came here, and the answer is not what you. <laughs> it's not what, what you expect. think. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that because <laughs> it's I... not
1: that exciting, but it's uh, so unexpected that you might just want to. Yes. <laughs>
0: amazing <laughs> well cannot wait for that that, is, that will be on pre-game live uh 9 30 p.m eastern time nbc sports philadelphia plus check that out but and please of- just
1: even if you're asleep just leave your tvs on through post game just do yeah. it for me you can if you're asleep i get well, it you know it's, it's a saturday night on a saturday. So we,
2: we might be talking but, to some people out at the bars and so forth on yeah. saturday night yeah. and know? if
1: you're not if you've decided to come home live a healthy Saturday on your couch and you're dozing off. Just do me a favor. Leave that TV set on folks. Leave it on NBC sports, Philadelphia plus, right? Plus
2: plus. plus. Yes. Plus. And if you're at the bar, and if you're at the bar, tell the bartenders to turn the volume up on the TV. Yeah. No. But all of them. And don't
1: boo right. Al Morganti when he comes on TV because I saw that yes, video of Instagram on Instagram last year and that was very mean and it made me very sad. Flattered but sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: yeah, you've been on the other one of that other end of that too, Jordan. I sure have. Sure have. Uh- <laughs> I don't know how I keep ending up in these situations.
0: Tremendous. Yeah, I've a horrible Joe. to work with. Thank you so much as always. Uh, great chatting with you. Great seeing you guys. And we will do this again next week as the Flyers wrap up this road trip. Uh, thank you to both of you. A special thank you to Sp- Spencer McCurcher, our video producer, really chipping in here and helping us today. So big time thanks to Spencer and Flyers fans. As always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next
1: time. And if you dress your child up as Gritty or a Philadelphia Flyer, please tag me and tweet it at me, because I want to see. Thank you. Have a spooky, scary Halloween, folks.
3: <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too.